Welcome back to another episode of Talking Functional Fitness. On today's episode, we interview April White. She is a level one coach at CrossFit Frostbite. If you know her, you know what to probably expect from this episode. She is one of the most caring, nice people you have ever met. But why would I just keep talking about it when we have the interview for you? So without further ado, April White. I just From don't. So I just don't feel like I'm that interesting, but hopefully you'll pull it out of me. <laughs> I I bet you you are more interesting before beyond your wildest dreams. Oh boy! Dream. You probably just don't think you're interesting. You just don't think you're interesting because you spend all of your time right. with you. So it's like to you, it's predictable. And like, oh yeah, this has been my story. Duh, we've all heard it, but not everybody's right. heard. You know, most if any of um, your true. story. I don't know how you got there. So I think that's what. I think that's what people are interested yeah. in. People are excited. I can feel, can feel it. it. I can feel <laughs> I can feel the titillation, the buzz in the air, the anticipation. Okay. <laughs> the April episode. Okay. In April. Oh, perfect. Of all months. I think that's what it'll come out. <laughs> but um so I'll I'll start you off with the softball. All right? Okay. You ready for it? I'm gonna put it on the tee for you. It's the size, it's the size of a beach ball. You can't okay. miss. Okay. Uh, so why don't you just tell people what your um, full name, where you're from, and how'd you get here? Okay. My, the, the big my name, my full name is April Marie White, formerly Newberry. I was going to say, that's not yeah. how I met you. Um, I'm from Paris, Michigan. It's where I, where I grew up. Not to be confused with Paris, France, which would have been way cooler. I, it's never been confused <laughs> with Paris, France, but... <laughs> my hometown is like the dinkiest place ever like paris is like where my house is but there's one um store one church one post office there's no stoplight no school no anything so we have like neighboring towns that we went grocery shopping and where i went to school so where does everybody from paris go to school well you kind of uh like they have it like broken out with territories where you can like that where the school bus comes. So Reed city is the school that our school bus came through, but you have school of choice. You can choose to go to a different school. So some people went to big rapids. That was a bigger school and a better school that was nearby. Oh, wow. So between Reed city, big rapids, what else is around there? In terms of schools or in terms of tiny little towns? Just anything. Um, I mean, there's a lot of towns like, People know of Everett because of Spring Hill. Um, a lot of people from the city go to like camp at Spring Hill. Okay. Uh, that's just another town. They had a school, um, but there's ton- tons of tiny towns like Hersey. Um, gosh, I can't even think of them all right now. But like our high school, Reed City, probably had kids that lived in like ten different towns that went. Oh, okay. How many? How many kids were in your graduating class? Oh, uh, like one twenty. 120. All okay, right, that's pretty small. I think that's about what I think that's about what mine was. I think mine was like we're around that 120, 150 range. Yeah, somewhere there. Um. So what is so what does a young April uh, then Newberry do in a uh, Bodunk nowhere town for for fun growing up? I played sports. I was a tomboy. I never watched TV. Like I don't even now. I don't have the habit built of watching TV. So. <laughs> yeah that's that's where like whenever you and i talk that's where our parenting styles differ (laughs) i think the greatest 
Yeah. Like I talk and I'll ask you like, Hey, like what did you and Isla do today? Like, oh, I don't know. We will play, <laughs> cook some imaginary eggs and some oatmeal. Then you'll ask me, I'm like, uh, we watched the first season of Game of Thrones. Uh, he's really into this Robert Baratheon character. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Great. we just played in the country. We just played outside. So like most of my neighbor kids were boys. So I like built forts and like went for bike rides, went fishing with my brother. Um, we just were outside a ton. So I just it wasn't that my like my parents watched TV, but I just never did. So then I. I never was exposed to, to any of these really popular shows. Like I've never seen The Office or oh the, or God. Friends. I've never seen an episode. Oh, uh, you just lost. I know Rachel. Me and you now. Rachel would kill me, but <laughs> yeah, you just alienated our whole demographic. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so you go from uh, tomboy in Paris. Yeah, that's gonna. By the way, that is. I wish I was one of the questions on here was the name of your biography. That's what I would. <laughs> when I write the biography of April White, it'll be called Tomboy in Paris. I feel like I've changed so much, though, because the, the April I was, like, growing up, yeah, like, I was a tomboy in high school. Everyone, like, I was also into a lot of sports because there was nothing else to do. I excelled academically, but that's not to brag. We just didn't have any... Like, it didn't take much to be smart there. Um, <laughs> you really just had to try, and you would get A's, and it was just really easy. Um, yeah. But all of my, like, I wouldn't, I guess I was popular in the sense of, like, I had a lot of friends, and I belonged to a lot of groups, but I was definitely, like, the tomboy girl. Everyone, all the guys, like, saw me as, like, a friend. Um, mm. They all called me their favorite phrase was ape you're the man because I could lift more than them in the weight room Okay. and as a high schooler that was mortifying I hated it but then I grew to like own it I can only imagine that and I feel like I grew into more of a girl after high school thankfully (laughs) so did that come so that happened in college or was that after college do you think I think it was in college I mean I still was super athletic and I mean, I still am now, but I just think I identify with being more girly than I used to be. Do you think that was just a product of having a different uh, product, product culture? Because yeah. you went to U of M. I know that. I was going to ask it, but it, but it felt like I was just teeing you up for another, for another easy one. So you went to the U of M. Yes. In Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes. So I can imagine it's a little bit different culturally. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a huge, huge change. And I'm so thankful for it. I feel like my eyes were opened to a ton of diversity in lots of different realms. And it really shaped who I would I feel like I was meant to be because I was so in a small town, like there's so little exposure to anything. I feel like I couldn't develop like my heart and who I truly was because I didn't even know what was out there. So U of M was huge for helping me see like, wow, there's a lot of different people a lot of different like things going on in the world and it helped me become who I am. I wish my college experience was like that. I mean, definitely there was a big culture change, but I don't feel like I was that uh, when I was focused on things like that. I feel like I had different extracurricular activities. What was the, what was the demographic breakdown of, of uh, Reed city? White. All white. All, all white. <laughs> we, we would have like, maybe I, I mean, I remember having like, one black kid maybe in a grade 
but not probably okay. not even in every grade. And then, I mean, sometimes you'd have like a mixed kid of some sort here or there, but no, it was like all white. Gotcha. Okay. Well, obviously, anybody who's been to U of M or Ann Arbor, incredibly. Yeah. You have a little bit of everything. That's the cool part of that campus is like you, the people come from all over. So it's just, it's eye opening. It's cool. So leave Reed City, go to Ann Arbor, go to U of M. Did you know what you were going to major in when you got there? Yeah. So funny story. The reason why I ended up at U of M, I, because, you know, small town girl, like had big dreams. I wanted to be a doctor, (laughs) of course. Um, nice. So I applied only to two colleges. I didn't want to leave the state. So I applied to Wayne State and U of M um, because they both had medical schools. And yeah. I got into both, but um, I got a late acceptance into U of M. So I had already been accepted into Wayne State's like honors program. And I was really excited to go to Detroit because just like the rebel in me was like, yes, this is the farthest thing from where I am right now. Yeah. So I was pumped for Wayne State. I had already done visits. My dad was scared to death. Um. And then I got my late acceptance to U of M and I didn't know, I didn't really know the difference in colleges. I didn't know that U of M was like that better than Wayne state. Um, But my dad was huge Michigan Wolverine football fan. So he was like begging me like, please go to U of M. (laughs) Did he, did he go to U of M or is he like me? No. Okay. I'm a Walmart Wolverine. Yeah. 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 He grew up in Metro Detroit, like on the East side. Um, But he, um, yeah, he didn't, he was in the army. He didn't, go to U of M um but he was a huge fan so I was like well I guess if this is gonna make him happy like whatever they're they have a medical school too right so that's kind of how I ended up at U of M um and I started pre-med but quickly I say quickly but I didn't change my major or change my focus until my junior year um I was struggling my butt off because (laughs) I people are smart at Michigan and I was struggling to keep up with pre-med classes that was very difficult um okay so what was what what did you change to I so I realized also that I wasn't I just wanted to have like a big lofty goal which is why I picked being a doctor but that wasn't truly my passion I'm kind of like I don't like blood I don't get into like medical (laughs) settings very well um and even now I've developed into like much more of like a, a natural holistic mindset and I don't think I would fit well into the medical field. Um okay. so I wanted to help people in a different way and I really connected with people like socially and emotionally. So I started studying psychology because I wanted to Ooh. go into social work. And that was kind okay. of like the other side of like helping people in that field that was not so much like hands-on medical. Okay. Um so social work for somebody who doesn't understand it, what is a, what does a social worker do? Or like, what was your, My, cause that's what you graduated and went on to do. Correct? So actually Michigan is super awesome, sarcastic in the fact that they have the best <laughs> master's program in social work in the country, but they don't have a bachelor's. So I couldn't study social work in my undergrad. So that's why I chose psychology, which is similar, but different. Um, you okay. can't do much with a bachelor's in psychology. So I would need to go back to school for my master's in social work to be able to be a social worker. But okay. luckily I had an opportunity to have some pretty cool social work type uh, jobs after college. Gotcha. But um, gotcha. a social worker kind of can go in two different paths, either like in a clinical route where you're like treating patients, doing therapy, prescribing medications maybe, or you can go into a community route, which is what I was much more uh, interested in. 
in terms of like connecting people to resources, helping educate the public, helping low income or low resource, um, you know, populations and kind of getting adequate and equal care in a lot of different realms. So that's where my passion is. So you went to school to be a giver is basically what you did. That's a good way to I should just call this podcast. I should call this podcast. How are you better than me? <laughs> it's just 45 minutes. Oh, whatever. <laughs> just, just people lifting up, just <laughs> listing off their accomplishments. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, that's super awesome. Okay. So obviously studied there. Obviously that, that's not all you did there. Um, right. You met your boyfriend. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about rowing. Yeah. Let, yeah. Sure. Well, I'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. I met Shirik. Yep. My sophomore okay. or my junior year. Okay. Yep. And and how did you guys meet? Tell us the tell us the story of Romeo and Juliet. Oh my! Well, probably not Romeo and Juliet because, <laughs> well, I mean, it's your story dictated by you. You get to. I get to tell my side of the story and not Sherry. Yeah, um, there's no there's gonna be no cross checking. <laughs> you can say literally whatever you want to. Oh goodness! So Sherry has a twin brother who also went to Michigan and I met his twin brother my freshman year because he was an RA in my dorm. Um, And I thought he was, he was like super crazy because he was old. Sherrick's two years older than me. So this twin of his was two years older than me too. Summer of summer before my junior year, I saw his brother at a bar. Don't count my age because I wasn't 21. Um, I, I know rebel rebel. Yeah, this is, this is gonna be the craziest story to anybody <laughs> listening to this that knows you is that you have been in a bar. Uh, yeah. And before I was twenty one. Um, oh, I was a part of a team that kinda had some peer pressure, so they made me have a fake ID. But anyways, I I met or I saw Sean in the summer before my junior year and he was with a bunch of friends and so he introduced us to them all and one was his twin brother. Um and we oh, ended boy. Up, you're right. And it was just very casual, like this is I my all my girlfriends, all his guy friends uh like a quick introduction but then the next bar that we went to they ended up being at as well and sherrick uh asked my friend to dance (laughs) and she was like kind of a sassy girl and so she was like no like she turned him down um and so he started talking to me and he oh gosh i don't know if i should tell this story but he (laughs) he looked at me and he said you look like a bad girl and I, like, if anyone knows Sherry, oh, wow. it's so absurd. So that was, like, his first real sentence to me. And I was wearing, like, a fully, like, fully dressed. Like, I don't dress provocatively. I had, like, a tank top up to my neck, whatever. Like, a skirt on, but because it was summer. But I was like, I'm not a bad girl. I go to church twice on Sundays, which was my response to him. <laughs> but what an alpha, what an alpha move. Because how are you not going to respond to Right. That? And so I was you like. You can't. <laughs> Yeah, you can't ignore that. There's no way that doesn't open the door to some kind of right. I was so defensive, and it was funny because he was a strong Christian, and if anyone knows Sherrick, like he walks the straight and narrow. And he's like, I don't know why. He's like, I've never said that to a girl before. I don't know why I said it to you, but the your response was like the perfect answer for me to know, like you were the one. So (laughs) we talked the rest of the night. He he pursued me for like six months after that, and I was kind of like. In, into another guy so it took me a long time to realize that he was kind of the real deal so six months later I decided that we should try to date and then here we are 10 years later wow yeah. 
See, there for all those guys out there that are wondering, living in the Me Too era, which I think is a good thing for the yeah. record. You, get, you 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 can still be persistent from a respectful for distance. Sure. He definitely There's a way there's a yes, way to do. He it. definitely you know tried to continue to hang out or ask me on dates. I was pretty I even though I wasn't like officially dating someone, I was pretty dedicated to like talking to one person at a time. It felt wrong for me not to. So even though I wasn't yeah. really dating another guy, I wasn't trying to talk to Jarek too, but then when I realized he was like losing interest and like ready to move on, I was like, Oh, wait a second. I think that the good guy is <laughs> the good guy is probably the one that like I should take a chance with. So it worked yeah. out. Always go for the good guy. Yeah. My biggest regret in life now is not being able to say to a woman, you look like a bad girl. <laughs> well, it worked for us. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll try to say it to my wife later, but I don't think I'm going to get I think she's just gonna look at I me still, weird. I still can't believe you said that to me. It's so weird. That's my, that's my favorite. I don't know if I heard that <laughs> story. Yeah, I don't talk I about it that much. It's embarrassing. It's you should lead. You should lead with it <laughs> all oh, the time. Um, uh, all right. So you met the love of yes, your life. Yes, he is perfect. Um, and there was uh, you did some sports. Yeah. Yes. So at Reed City back, remember where anyone can do everything because it's so easy. (laughs) I played five sports in high school, which is more than the amount of seasons there are. I would just like play double sports in a season Um, and usually like go to practice for the team sport and then practice on my own for the individual sport. Like soccer, I would go to soccer practice and then I'd like run. I would do my track practice on my own and then go to like both of the competitions. So, but that was just because there was no tryouts. Like there wasn't ever too many people for a team, which I know is unheard of in the city where you have to like specialize and choose one sport. So it was really hard for me to choose to go to Michigan for academics only because if I would have went to a smaller college, I could have like played sports, but I wasn't good enough to play a sport at Michigan. So as soon as I got on campus um, during welcome week, there was all these people walking around asking, asking the tall, like tall, strong looking girls if they were already playing a sport in Michigan. And if they weren't, they wanted to know if they want, if they wanted to learn how to row and to join the the women's rowing novice team. So you got profiled. So someone walked up to me and said, are you an athlete already? I said, no. She said, do you want to try out for our novice rowing program? I said, I've never like seen a boat before (laughs) from the country (laughs) um but if you like want to teach me I'm not gonna say no so I I went to practice um the first year that novice year is like its own program you still are like in the same facilities as the varsity team but you race completely separate um and if you're good enough after the novice year you can try out for varsity so I did the novice year and then I tried out for varsity and I made the varsity team for my sophomore through senior year and had some roller coasters nice. there, but had a really good overall experience on the rowing team and something I wasn't expecting to be a part of going into college. What do you think is uh, something that you pulled from uh, rowing that you have applied to your everyday life since then? Well, it was definitely the hardest sport I'd ever done. So it really challenged me mentally, mentally and physically. And it's the, it's the epitome of a team sport. Um, all the success I had in rowing was only because I had a really awesome team that bought into a goal together. 
So I really have learned to like take that like team mentality with me in other aspects of my life. Mm-mm-mm. So graduate from U of M, start doing social work. Um, and then how much time between graduation and CrossFit? So I graduated in spring of 2012 and I started at CrossFit Frostbite in on October 1st, 2015. Mm, yeah, so you were there our, our first year. What well, that was like our third or fourth month. Yep. Okay, so what what did you do, if anything? So you've been an athlete your entire life. You were an athlete in college. So there was like a three-year gap in there yeah. between end of rowing and start across it. What would you do with your time there? I was so lost um, because I was like coming off of this rowing high. I Everyone always asked me if I would continue rowing, but rowing is a really weird sport. You can't row by yourself. And the sport itself is very expensive. So I would have to join like Detroit Boat Club and then drive to Detroit to row still. So that just wasn't feasible. Um, So I just looked for some gyms to join. Um, I joined like LA Fitness or like a whatever big box gym. And I hated it because I had never like trained myself. I have always been on a sports team where the coach tells me what to do. And I didn't realize I didn't know how to tell myself what to do. So that was really challenging. I ended up just going like once a week and I hated it. I would walk around, get on the treadmill. It was dumb. So everyone, all of my friends that were not even into CrossFit, but like knew about it, kept telling me I should try it. And I had only heard these like very ego centered things about CrossFit. And I was like, that's just not for me. I... I'm super like into athletics and I'm competitive, but I can't do ego. I can't, Yeah. I can't do the whole, like, let's compare. Like, rah, rah. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just, yeah. Can't. So I thought that that's Scream it apart, I thought that's what it was, but I was living at Muirwood at the time, just on Grand river. And I saw a group on pop up for CrossFit frostbite, which was like a mile away. And I was like, well, maybe now was the time to just give this thing a whirl and see what everyone like. There was no like huge commitment to try it for a month. So I walked in the door and I picked the right one because the Frostbite family was exactly kind of what I needed in that like competitive athletic experience without the the things I was scared of. (laughs) And then we got you hook, line and sinker four years later. Oh, for sure. I was stuck in the first day. And uh, I, I remember your first class. It was a four o'clock class. Yep. Uh, I think there was one, maybe two other people in the class. I don't remember any. I don't, can't remember anyone else's faces being there. But I remember doing farmers carry. <laughs> yeah, was it there? Remember. Was it the one where it was like farmers carry? There was an overhead. There was a run. I remember there being a run. Okay. Because okay. you came in, and I remember I was because you gave me like part of your backstory. Sure. And. It was another one of these, I mean, now as a coach, you probably get it. It's the former high school, college athlete. I've been off for a couple of years. I'm going to crush this workout, bro. Don't even. Right, you roll your eyes at them. Right, I'm like, okay, yeah, you've been off for three years. Uh, Let's see. And I remember you did. You got your butt kicked also. Yeah. I remember that. I mean, which has happened uh, 10,000 different ways since then. But, yeah, I remember – Watching in your first workout, I'd be like, holy cow, this chicken stud. Um, I think I probably said, Ape, you're the man. 
Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, probably caused some kind of uh, post-traumatic <laughs> high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then so yeah, so we were there for so that was October, you said, and then um, just to kind of get us up to speed. Um, what was that? Three years later, um, there was some shifts in the gym. There were some shifts in your life. Yep. And then we kind of got to, I mean, you were there the whole time, but our, 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 our relationship got to change because you got to come on as a coach. Yeah. Which was, it was kind of like, I'm not going to compare my relationship to yours and Sherrick's relationship, but if there was ever <laughs> divine intervention and just the right time for, for both sure. of us, I don't think if uh, what was happening with the gym had happened a month or two before, or what was happening with you had happened a month or two later, I don't know if it necessarily would have clicked. I mean, it, like it, it was like to the day, the yeah. right time that it happened and uh, perfect. yeah yeah and, and it's been awesome so that was what a uh, year and a half ago almost wow yeah, yeah. Um, a little over a year ago all right so now that you've been a coach for a year you're an expert coach you're one of our head coaches um coach almost if not more than me it kind of just depends on the week probably <laughs> um what is one myth about coaching um you had before that you would like to have dispelled now like what do you now know about coaching that you wish you would have known earlier um I probably I coming into coaching just like I kind of do for a lot of things I'm very nervous um I thought that I would have to know like everything and have to be like the perfect athlete and expert on the sport um and I've grown to learn that that's kind of not farther from a lie um because you are constantly learning and it's um, it's more important to like be relatable and kind of be able to put yourself in the shoes of the athletes who are also imperfect, like all of us. Um, so I think it's a constant growing experience um, and being able to kind of direct and lead another person. Um, and I, I thought going in that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't do well because I didn't feel like an expert. Yeah, I uh, can empathize with that. Big time. I have huge uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Where I'm like, I do. When are people, when are people going to figure me out? Uh, and I, I think it's kind of funny that you thought that even as being an athlete of mine for three years, that yeah. I, I'm not the greatest athlete. I'm not, I'm definitely not the most knowledgeable person. Um, but I, I'm glad at least I maybe faked it well enough to where. Um, that was a lie that you thought was true going yeah. into it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's way more about personal connection or being able to communicate to people than it For is sure. uh, knowing all your stuff. Definitely important. Definitely important to know your stuff because yes. people are good. Uh, people are good uh, BS meters and they'll know when you're lying or when you're making something up. Um, what is one thing that people might not know about you that you wish they did other than the you look like a bad girl. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh gosh. I don't know what I wish people knew about me. Um, hmm. I don't know.
know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think I wear my heart on my sleeve and I think that it's like most, most of the things like that I want people to know, they know. Um, but I just really genuinely, I, I really care about people. And if anyone has ever thought that like, I don't know, I don't know if people have ever thought that I was like conceited or anything like that, that would be like my biggest fear. I, I just want people to know that I really care genuinely about other people and if anyone ever needs something i'm always always there for that yeah i i would second that you can't see it because we're miles away and we're talking through a phone but i'm shaking my head up and down the entire time i would second that uh 100 i think you were the most one of the most caring people i've ever met and anything and everything that that you've ever done with zero exception that i can think of off, off the top of my head is from the best place that somebody's heart can be like i feel like when i write an email like i I have to really work on not sounding sarcastic sometimes or like (laughs) not like you and i experience this there's been times where like i'll forward you an email and be like abe i can't i can't respond to this right i i I know that you can do it better than i can um so yeah i think you're genuinely one of if not just the nicest person that that i've ever (laughs) met um, and then if anybody mistakes that that's on them, not on you. Um, what, what's the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, man. besides that, one. besides that, you can't. Yeah. That. All the compliments <laughs> from Charlie. Oh, um, you sound, see, this, is, this is, this is why I want to record this without you hearing Anne's first, because yeah. you'll see I on Monday. Oh gosh. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to laugh my butt off. This, this is going to be a big ego boost for me. This is secret. I don't think it's a secret. That's why I'm really doing this. I guess, I mean, just anything, anything that talks to my, like, the thing that I try hardest at is to just be a good person. So any compliment that gives credit to those efforts of trying to love people, trying to be a good person. Um, anyone, I'm a new mom, I guess I can still say new 16 months in, but anyone who kind of compliments like me as a mother, because that's a brand new journey that I'm trying to navigate. I think that those compliments mean a lot to me. Um, but yeah, just anything that speaks to like my character, I think it means the most to me. Cause that's what I work hardest at. Hmm. So basically what you're trying to say is I kind of nailed it just now. For sure. <laughs> yep. You're building me up right now, Charlie. Perfect. Thanks. We're building each other up. <laughs> Um, all right. I got three big questions for you. These are the three, these are the three toughies. And then, uh, and then I'll lower you back down to earth, uh, with some more softballs. You ready? Yep. All right. If you could have dinner with any three people alive or dead, who would they be and why? Oh gosh. Three. I mean, it can be more or less. I think Anne put five in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. She kind of, um, her own so I'm going to go all over the place. Perfect. My first one is going to be Jesus. I knew um, it. Perfect. <laughs> my faith is super important to me, and I have no bigger or better role model than Jesus. So I for sure would take up that opportunity. Um, for sure, just to see him in the flesh. Yeah. Um, I think that my second one would be my grandma. She's actually my great grandma, but she's she was like my closest um, grandparent growing up. And I lost her when I was, I think I was 19 or 20, but I feel like I didn't get like the true, um, 
I had a lot of childhood experiences with her, but I, I wish I just could have like had a relationship with her as an adult and let her like get to experience like my husband and my daughter and things like that. So I would definitely have lunch with my great grandma. And then my third one, gosh, right now, everyone seems so interesting because I can't see anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like anyone. (laughs) Isla, anybody doesn't even talk. (laughs) Um, Gosh, where should I go for my third one? Um, I, I guess I'm going to just be lame. It's not lame, but my very best friend, um, who I met in college and is like my soul sister, she lives in LA and I don't see her nearly yeah. enough. So I would just like to have a very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, now these can be the same three people or it can be different. Um, these are just influential people, not necessarily people you have to talk to or want to spend time with, but who do you think have been the three most influential people to you? Hmm. Uh, I feel like such a lame but I'm going to have to go. <laughs> I'm going to say for sure, like, mm-hmm. this again, um, just as an influence, because like I said, I really um, value my faith and model my life um, by that. And so a lot of things that I do in my life are direct correlation to my faith. So that is got to be one of them. I hesitate in saying this (laughs) but I would say another one is my mom she I love your mom by the way (laughs) I'm just trying to pick my words carefully she is like a rock star of a person and she like did a whole lot to raise me who I am to this or like current day we're not always the most similar of people but um she definitely has been like my number one fan my entire life. Um, And I don't think I could have like accomplished anything I've accomplished without her by my side. And then I guess my last one with that um, same train of mind, I'm going to say my husband has been a really big influence in my life. He's um, a really, really great person and he's made me a better person in the 10 years that I've known him. Awesome. See, remember what, back a few minutes ago when I said, you just say, say the best things and they're the best all the time. That was it. That was the perfect answer. That's better. I feel like I'm going to have to steal those. If I get on one of these interviews, I'm going to say Jesus, April's mom, <laughs> Sherry. And your wife. Not no, I'm probably, husband. no, I'm just going to steal it verbatim. I'm going to say Sherry. <laughs> um, oh gosh. It, it, if you can go back and tell your younger self uh, one thing, uh, what would it be? To like to not be afraid to be who I knew I was sooner. Mm. I feel like I, like I said, in high school, it was just, I feel like my eyes were kind of closed and I was, I knew that I didn't necessarily fit into that small town vibe, but I couldn't figure out like who I was meant to be. So I wish I could have like unpacked that sooner. That's that's that I think is I wish we could all I think we all have kind of that thing where we I wish we could go back and tell ourselves just chill man like everything's gonna be good like um, it's all gonna get better and I think that's important especially now when we're recording this we're in the middle of quarantine you and I are not face to face 
And yeah. everybody's freaked out because of the unknown. And right. it's so far for all of us, it's worked out to a certain extent. Maybe not necessarily how you always yeah. wanted. Uh, it's amazing that for you, it worked out perfectly. You leveled up. You got out of something that never felt comfortable and you got to a place um, where you do. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a very important thing um, for anybody to hear. Unfortunately, we just don't have that technology. I can't, you know, interview myself from 15 years ago. I'm not, I'm not that Charlie. Right. Hey, <laughs> just so you know, there's this thing called a podcast. Don't worry about what it is. But you're going to get stuck <laughs> inside for over anywhere between 5 to 15 weeks. And uh, you're going to start <laughs> talking to yourself in a basement. It's not just any basement. Your in-laws basement. <laughs> it sounds super weird. But it's cool, man. It's going to be fire. <laughs> what a guy. Here I am. Look at me now, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> all right girl um I, I think we've done an awesome uh, deep dive into um who you are where you're from uh i, I want to know uh more visceral or like surface level things uh some easy ones some favorites and some boys you rathers you good to go all right would you sure. rather uh a movie or a book Ooh, a book if i have like an undistracted time to read, which this I have a hard is, time finding. This is a imaginable scenario. You get to make it up however you want to. You can. Okay, so no, no toddlers. What book? book? What's your favorite book? <laughs> oh, um, um. What kind of know. what kind of books do you read? So the, my typical favorite genre goes along with like my passion, my career passion, which is like social justice and things like that. I like to read books about like our history and kind of um, like nonfiction books, just about like what we can, um, what we can educate ourselves on to be able to be better humans in the world. So that's what most of my library looks like. Um, but I'm also like a hopeless romantic, so Knew I it. like reading Nicholas Sparks and on. like love stories. I had that one in the chamber. <laughs> but I definitely have more like, like oh, yeah. social social justice yeah. things like that type. I think it's good to have both. You got to have read. you got to have but, some yeah. easy reads. You got to have yeah. some self development reads. That's the same way that I go. I have stuff yeah. that I like to read and stuff that I feel more that I need to read. I definitely still like it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think you need m multiple genres of stuff. Otherwise you just get stuck into something. And you don't like it. Um, yeah. What's your favorite drink? For sure. Oh, probably. I, oh, I drink oh boy. water most. I know I'm super lame. Um, gosh, I don't know. Like now for those, <laughs> for those that don't know, you don't drink. What? Voluntarily. No, not, I not court drink. ordered. <laughs> not a, Right. I, I, I choose not, I drink, uh, right. fluids, yeah. just not alcohol. <laughs> All right. So you're not a rock. You are definitely still a human. Um, okay. Yeah. But I have, I have drank an alcohol in my life. And when I did, I Ooh. liked Moscow mules. So if that answers the question, um, are you then, saying, uh, alcohol is yeah. like you literally had one alcoholic drink or there was this a time where there was, no, I, there was a time yeah. in my life, aka college, where I okay. did. Have okay, so you put drinks. your fake idea yep. worked for you. It wasn't just to get in; you got to enjoy it a little <laughs> bit too. Oh god! Perfect. I'm not going to elaborate anymore. Uh, what's your uh, <laughs> biggest pet peeve, other than uh, 
your buddy is calling you up and asking you to do a podcast? I, people would probably be surprised by how far from their April vision I become when I <laughs> am driving. I really hate stupid drivers. <laughs> and so that's probably my pet peeve is just, I get. Do you think you are above or below average driver? I think I'm above average <laughs> when I apply myself. <laughs> but I am not, I, of course, like from my perspective, I'm always like in the right, but I think that I mm-hmm. follow rules. I'm a rule follower. So like I, I'm not always like paying attention the best I can. So that's what I mean by apply myself, but I follow the rules. Like I use my blinker and I like use, right. I know how, what the signs mean and I okay. get frustrated so when other people don't. These are going to be leading questions. Uh, how far, well, how long does it take for you to get um, from the gym to get home? Like um, how many minutes. times do you think I've gotten a text message from you less than six minutes that you, from when you left the gym? <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that out there neither here nor there maybe it's just hey hey we all have flaws okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah we and you're flaws. but i'm a really i'm a really good texter and driver oh, though cool. like i can you're pay attention one of the one of the rare <laughs> ones ape that's what i would say about you Okay, now I feel called out. I'll stop. Uh, yeah, yeah. Both of us that are listening to this podcast right now are really going to change their minds about you. Um, all right, we'll move on. Uh, would you rather only be able to use a fork or a spoon, but you can't use the other? So only a spoon or a fork for the rest of your life. Spoon. I think it's smart. Um, would you rather uh, be fantastic at riding horses or amazing at driving dirt bikes? Hmm. Um. Horses. Why horses? Horses. Because I just like animals, and I, I'd hope that the horse would serve a little bit more of a functional purpose than a dirt bike. What's what's what kind of horse do that a dirt bike can't? Be my friend. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've seen a couple episodes of Mind Straight Addiction where I would say, oh, no, they could definitely be more than your friend. But, uh, and I don't mean horses, I meant dirt bikes. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think, it, okay. yeah, either way. Um, before I start getting into autophiles, um, would you rather be a reverse centaur or a reverse uh, mermaid? So, so it reverse would be a uh, lady bottom half and a fish head, and a centaur would be a. Oh. Um, it's like a, it's like a bull top half, and a uh, lady bottom half. Yeah. Human. Oh. oh my gosh! The internet man. Who thinks about Not these me. things. Um, I don't want a fish head, Fair. so I'm gonna have to pick um, another option. Would you rather be able to control fire or water? What would you do with your water powers? Water. (laughs) Put out the fire. All of them? Like, you just mean like go to like (laughs) Australia and put that out? Or like you would just. (laughs) Yeah. Any kind of fire that's causing damage. Of course, like if people are just trying to have like. Uh, Would you rather live without internet or live without air conditioning and heating? Mm, That's a big one. Oh, my. 
Well, I want to say <laughs> that I could live without internet, but I truly do rely mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. a lot. Um, can I choose where I live without? Because some places you nope. can live easier nope. without heating and air conditioning. I mean, oh, I mean fabulous. you can, but then you have to uh-huh. go through the whole process. I you guess... have to imagine yourself like uprooting the family and moving to, I don't know, Nebraska, wherever you plan on moving to. Okay, I would, I guess, <sighs> invest yeah. in some blankets, man, and some some fans, and yeah. I wouldn't give up my internet. You. I need. Uh, would you? This is this is my favorite question. Uh, would you rather become twice as strong when you put both of your fingers in your ears, or be able to crawl <laughs> twice as fast as you run? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want so to be stronger. I don't care what you I got... do. Okay. I like it. Yeah. It didn't seem like you second guessed that at all. <laughs> Would you rather live in a cage <laughs> or live in a treehouse? Why? A treehouse for sure. Sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, I imagine like a Swiss Family Robinson, like uh, a giant tree mansion. Whereas I don't think. Yeah. Just like I. I would choose to live in a treehouse over yeah, like my house. Kind of, that sounds so cool. Question. Um, would you rather be a bowling champion or a curling <laughs> champion? Um, I've never bowling curled champion. before, so I'm going to say. Would bowling. you rather run a full marathon with no socks, or eat a bowl of hot chili every Ooh. day for a month? And hot, like super I, spicy. I like I like chili. Oh, spicy. Oh. Really? I guess I'll run a marathon. You don't like spice that much? Yeah, man. Like, I really like spice, but like, is but in chili, it's like jalapeno spice. I do well with like, like, I like Indian food. I can eat like curry spice, but I don't really do well with like jalapeno yeah. spice. So I walked around uh, the block the other day in a, uh, newish pair of shoes and i got this callus or yeah. not even callus but it uh roughed up the back of my heel and i was miserable I, I would never run a marathon with no socks well if you knew you were gonna have no socks you'd just pick good shoes you know there's a lot of people that run like you know yeah, barefoot I, shoes and stuff I, no so. i feel like my body i feel like my taste buds would adapt to the chili faster than my feet would recover from the marathon <laughs> But it's 30 days versus what, four hours? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of whining and crawling. It might take me most of the day. <laughs> most of the chili, what, you're done with it? Yeah. Five, ten minutes. And then, yeah, you probably got a little, I, yeah, you Have probably to repeat got a little every day. later, but your body starts to adapt. And I'm thinking <laughs> probably after like seven to ten days, I'm going to get used to it, the chili. And with, Maybe. But, 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 I, I don't think I would ever recover from the marathon. Like maybe the wounds would heal, but I don't think yeah. mentally. Yeah. Yeah. The ones you can't see, I think they would be there forever. Uh, would you rather fight one horse sized duck or 50 duck sized horses? <laughs> this is the coon like question, the Jeremy coon question. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy. This is my other favorite question. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I would go for the small ones. You do fight the 50 duck-sized horses? 
50. What's the logic on that? Yep. Uh, just because I think that I I could conquer that size. And so it would just be kind of like repeating itself. But I'm not sure if I could conquer an object that was hmm. larger than myself. Wise. Wise beyond your ears. Hey. Um, last <laughs> couple. Would you rather always be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? Yep. I know you for sure. Early. Um, and then last one. Would you rather know how above or below average you are at everything? Or know how above or below average everybody else is, but just at one skill or talent by just looking at them. Yeah, you would know for sure whether you are above or below average driver. There wouldn't happen. Yeah, that would. See, that would help me in my perfectionism (laughs) mindset to know what to focus on and what to give up on. I, I need to know. I think you, I think it's you, it's self, self betterment and development. I think me, it's narcissism. And I just have to, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily do anything about it. I would maybe just avoid those areas. <laughs> that that yeah. would be my self development. <laughs> I would develop a way to get out of zero on it. Yeah, perfect. Uh, awesome. Focus on the strength. That's what I got for you, girl. I think, um, I think everybody got to know you a little bit better. I know I did. I know there are um, at least a couple stories in there that I had never, I had never heard. (laughs) Um, But I think what everybody's big takeaway from this is um, that you are, I'm just going to say the, the most genuine, nice, kind hearted, um, real deal person that I've ever met. I think a lot of people are turned off by when they hear that somebody is, um big into their faith because there's a lot of bad apples out there um but i think you're the epitome of what a faithful uh christian should be i think this is what was in the book i think it's what everybody um can strive to be so um love you your dear friend um thanks for that's so nice that's the biggest compliment that's the biggest compliment yep because it's really, and I agree with you 100%. There's just so much, there's so much in this world that is about judgment. And that's just not what we're, I'm saying we as like my fellow Christians, we're not called to be like that. We're just called to love. So that, yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful that that's how you see me. And it's more like, you see me better than I truly am. Well, but I you're fighting that. a good fight, girl, and you're leading from the front. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so one. much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talking Functional Fitness. If you did like this episode, make sure to like, subscribe so you don't miss any of it. Uh, You guys can follow us on the social medias. You can follow CrossFit's Frostbite on the social medias. You can follow us on YouTube, find out all the stuff that we put there. Uh, As always, stay safe. Stay frosty, everybody.